Mary Magdalene by Julianne Leonard Read by Jean Pistentis It was written that a great light would shine upon those who sat in the darkness. I had sat in that darkness, weeping and too full of myself to grasp how much horror that darkness held. For my actions, I was condemned, judged, and disregarded as someone who was beyond any hope. A gentle hand beckoned me forth from the dark, cleansing me where my soul was scarred and soothing the blistering ache of my shame. I followed him then and there, never looking back. What was there in my life to look back towards? No longer was there the crushing weight making every comment against me, every sidelong glance, a burden beyond all bearing. Now there was a gentle man and his followers, for whom my sin was not my title, but who called me by name. They welcomed me at their table, treating me as a sister or a friend, a woman of value in their eyes. Respectable, because he felt that I deserved respect. To them I actually was someone, and not the embodiment of sin. To him I was more, and there were times that I felt like a child or a slave who desired nothing more than to sit at the feet of my master. He let me keep that love, the little gestures of service and the kind words, and the smiles and laughter of friends becoming a great and beautiful gift in his eyes as we followed him. I followed him even to Jerusalem, to the garden, to the court where Pilate condemned him, through the streets and up a hill that was called Golgotha, Calvary. There I watched the man who had drawn me into a light beyond all telling die. I wept for him, for the gentle man that I knew so well, and for the God who I did not fully know, but whom I still knew to be there inside of him. It was as much a part of him as his kind and gentle eyes and his calloused carpenter's hands. I waited, watching as they buried him in the tomb. I waited for that darkness to return, to take the life I had received from him and leave me just a hollow and worn husk to be burned in the fire of my pain. The darkness did not return, though, but was held off by what he had given me, his hope, his joy, his love burned within me like a lamp, a beacon driving away all of the darkness which pressed in and around the edges of my soul. It softened my grief with a compassion which drew me to his tomb to anoint the body with oils. But there was no body there, only the empty tomb. An angel waited for me there, telling me that he was risen from the dead. My mind searched frantically. I needed to find my Lord. I needed to care for him just once more to anoint his body, to speak to him. I turned and ran into a man who asked me why I wept. 
I grabbed him, tears pouring down my cheeks, as I pleaded with him, begging him, asking that he let me see my Lord, that he would show me where they had placed my Lord. He spoke to me then, softly saying my name. It was then that I realized who it was that I was holding on to, who it was calling to me and speaking to the heart of my troubled soul. It was he, alive and risen and returned, renewed again, filling me with life like the new dawn rising over the hills. The joy within my heart grew in a burst of hope. The lamp in my soul dim when compared with that light that was pouring into it at the sight of my risen Savior in the garden that morning. He sent me to tell his other followers in the room where they waited. I ran, my feet swift and strong in the knowledge of my task. They sat, astounded, not believing. Two of them went, running to the tomb, and saw it there, empty, and they began to see that same beautiful hope. And then he came among them as well, and all of us there in the room, those who were hiding, afraid of the darkness. Then they saw the same light, the light of the world, dwelling among them, there in our midst. Used by We Are One Body Audio Theater, with the permission of the licensor, granted under a copyrighted license agreement. A production of We Are One Body Audio Theater.